Welcome to episode 17, uh, where we're joined by Natalie from Karmarama. In this episode, we're going to be speaking about every, literally everything from uh, mindfulness, sleep, colonic irrigation, uh, down through to learning your mind uh, and understanding that the mind is designed to survive. Enjoy. This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar and Ian McKenzie. Hello and welcome to episode 16 or 17. I'm not entirely really sure. Is it 17. 17. 17 to the dog days. Thank you, Pooch. Someone switched on. And this is a real surprise. You've got all three of us here today. Hello, Pooch. Hello, mate. Hello, Ian. When was the last time we had all three of us? I can't remember. It was a while Nico ago. Arba. Last time. Oh, last time. Last time. Well, there we go. <laughs> and we're filming the again. last episode. And if the you can. Oh, who was that? I've just. Uh, I've, I've completely skipped her out. She's dived straight in. And uh, welcome to Natalie. How are you doing, Natalie? I'm good. Thank you so You're already much breaking our me. first cardinal sin lean rule. In, lean in, lean in. You've got to lean into the Absolutely. microphone, my love. Now, if you're wondering who Natalie is, um, Natalie is our, our qualified mind coach, but also a plethora of different things. You are a sleep therapist all the way through to an endurance therapist. Um, you've coached GB athletes in the Olympics all the way through to teenagers suffering with anxiety. So we are wonderfully uh, appreciative of you to join us today on, on the show. Um, let's, let, let's start, I guess, in terms of who you are and where this all came from. How did you get into the, being this... Um, I'm going to say qualified calm instructor. (laughs) (laughs) Instructor, I like it. Well, actually, um, how I describe my fairly unusual job, and certainly to my kids who are six and eight, and they have absolutely no idea of the world that I operate in, is that it's a fascinating area of curiosity of human endurance. You know, we are all human athletes. So I'm not a professional athlete, although I'm about to turn into one, and I'll talk about that a bit later on to evolve myself. But actually, I've had such a incredible personal journey of resilience myself without any initial training as a teenager. So um, I think it's fair to say in a very short, succinct way, I certainly was a victim of teen trauma. Uh, Police were involved. It was a very dark period of my life from 11 to 14. And actually, when we know about child psychology now, you know, those are the formative years where Mm. everything's exploding. So how do you go with saying no to therapy (laughs) at that age? And I'll talk about that later. It certainly wasn't something that ignited my curiosity. I couldn't on earth. I was so angry. I thought, how can anyone else understand my world or help me? How can they possibly know? To now being 40 in two weeks. And you don't look, you don't thank you so much. Let's keep it that way. I'll hold you to that soundbite for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really nice place to be. And the most important thing for me is having consciously curated over the last 10 to 15 years peace of mind and what that looks like for me. I think it's so easy in in my world, and and let's just define my world actually, Mm. for anyone who doesn't yet follow me on Instagram, Kamaram, as you said, I have an unusual job. (laughs) But the job that I have is actually being curious and interested in human endurance, but most importantly, performance. I'm most interested in the how Mm. instead of what you do. And when you're interested in how you do it, how is it that you specifically create your own flow state? That allows me to move across Fridays with NHS, frontline mental health staff and training clinician, to then working with Snowsport England, developing their mental health strategy, to working with endurance triathletes. Mm. And so 
when you can move across these worlds, it's not about having technical expertise in the sport that they're doing. It's observing their patterns of excellence and saying, look at your breath there. Mm. Look what you did. Look how you changed your state. And I think it's fair to say whatever school of psychology, psychiatry that you come from, and it's exploding in, in its changing area at the moment, particularly when it comes to the sleep world, it's really, really, really fascinating when you just observe patterns of excellence, but also help people understand their own neurophysiology. And by that, I mean there is no mind and body disconnection. And I think um, I'd like to reference later, there's a wonderful other podcast that one of our Ooh, most... Bollocks. <laughs> bollocks. <laughs> I know. There's no other podcast. A more science-based science oh, one. Oh, that sounds shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and the reason I was desperate to, to come and hang out with you guys is how can we very simply take this world of exploding science in terms of neuroscience, positive psychology, the world of high-performing athletes, and make it applicable for the rest of us. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> let's stay there, because I think that is exactly where we want to hang. That's what I thought. That's really the frame of today, because okay. there's such a broad subject. But actually, what does it mean for us in the dog days and in the real oh, world? We've got but, a new host. Even, even, oh, even in, in, in high-performance, I don't think there's enough of it, to be fair. Not yeah. a lot of high-performance athletes realise that how powerful their brain can be when it comes to flow and performing. And day to day. Because, I mean, you know... Well, you would know. Pooch is obviously yeah. ex-footballer. And yeah. I think we, we always... Um, we want to stay away from being too preachy yeah, on, on how to live your life. And I think if you have been a high-performing you know, athlete to a certain level, you are resilience trained, right? So what we're... Ian and I, who yeah, aren't yeah. trained athletes, are trying to learn is how can we become resilience trained, calmer in the mind, better at sleeping as absolutely. humans. Yeah, absolutely. How to optimise what we already do. How mm. do you optimise the average day? <laughs> yeah. Which is actually quite an endurance feat as it is. As an average person as yeah. well. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so bang average. You know? That's a, no, no, but, uh, but absolutely. You I, uh, <laughs> thank you. But, you know, it's, there's, let's bust some myths, in fact, before, before we even start going into detail. Number one, and I've just spent the last four months profiling every single athlete when it comes to snow sport England, because I wanted to get across the whole Paralympic team and the Olympic team to say with all the disciplines, so visually impaired ski racing, para snowboarding, big air, Billy Morgan, hanging out at Red Bull with him. And I said, my number one question, how is it you do what you do and they mm. said oh actually I don't I don't know I just do it mm -hmm. and I said okay let's unpack that but what I did find across the whole spectrum is that within their sport they feel ultra resilient because they have rehearsed it mentally and physically more than 10,000 times mm -hmm. what happens is when they're in the normal world where we exist, <laughs> where you're just getting up, managing social media, managing your self-esteem as well, and you know being consumed by 70,000 images a day. Yeah. How do you feel good? How do you find flow state mm. in that kind of world? And they suffer, not when they're about to perform. That's really easy for them in, in their own contextual environment. But actually the difficult days, their own dog days, mm. are when they've stopped competing. And in between oh, competitions. Sure. So, so yeah, like just no, to reference honestly, Billy no, yeah. Morgan, the gnarliest dude ever. I mean, doing triple corks, you know, wow. his whole stage of performance. And I said, what happens when you don't feel like it? When Audi have sponsored and they've set it up at the X Games. Mm -hmm. It's all there, the cameras are on you. Yeah. What happens when you get the quite normal message that a lot of us do day in, day out? 
it's just not my day. Yeah. I'm not feeling on point. I feel so sketchy. Yeah, if I'm going to be completely vulnerable and open, I've mm. been dealing with probably the worst two months of my, the last six years of my life. Thank you. Because sure. I retired from football last year in November and I've sort of gone back to the norm of trying to work normally and gone back to working every day. Yeah. And it has been so hard. It's the struggle. So hard not to go to training every day for like... I just, I'm so... I don't know what I'm doing to myself. It's so weird. Mm. Everything's so different, weird. isn't it? Yeah, it's so the different. The stage of performance mm. has changed. Mm. It's a different world. Yeah. And often you have to be your own boss too. So how do you navigate your mindset mm. when you're not being told what to do? And there's different players, characters around you... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> ...that are interchangeable. So this is why it's such a fascinating area. And just, you know, as you can already tell, really broad summary, but to be really succinct. That is why my personal mission is to say this isn't just for high-performance organisations and athletes. What about for the rest of us? Mm. You know, this should be taught in schools from... Eight plus, <laughs> you know. How do you make friends with your own mind, mm. no matter the context? And how do you manage a really difficult day when you feel sketchy? Or you might wake up feeling great, but towards the rest of the day, we know that just like the weather reports, interchangeable as it is for our summer right now, <laughs> the weather changes. And that's a brilliant metaphor when it comes to understanding your own mental health. It is an entire continuum. And I have been from suffering undiagnosed, managing my own way, using narcotics and alcohol, being the, the teenage angry rebel, utterly lost and feeling worthless, to finding peace. But that wasn't by accident. You know, I've, I've been taught, I've seen the right therapist at the right time. I didn't want to know in the early teenage years. I couldn't connect with anyone. It's just finding your own way. And that, for me, is my job, to say, how can we make the everyday human being... Mm -hmm. <laughs> find their own resilient skill set. It shouldn't just be for elite, it should be for everyone. Amazing. And there's so much we can learn from yeah. elite sport, of course, and it'd be well, nice to kind of explore that. It's hard, but how do we jump in? Well, I was going to say just really quickly then, so let's go through the barriers, right? So you're about to do some myth-busting. I think we, the, the easiest way to make this really relatable and reachable for anyone yeah, that's listening is yeah, cool. what is somebody going through on a daily basis to stop them from reaching their potential, do you think? Self-doubt, imposter syndrome, number one. Okay. For the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just like to say, of course, I, ha I have my own clinic, so not I don't just work with elite athletes and high-performance organisations. I work with people, human beings from eight to seventy-two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. That you know, a seventy-two-year-old guy saying, actually, I want to know how to manage a, a panic attack. How do I do that? You know, all, all this skill set is available for us all, but a lot of the time, it is not. It is not having the ability to exist in silence without this insatiable external input. So many clients, so many beings don't really spend enough time <laughs> just in stillness. And stillness isn't silent, as most of us will know on on a dog day. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the internal narrative can feel so loud. But actually it's having the courage and let's define what courage is. It's actually, you know, the ability to feel, sense, fear, but move beyond it anyway. Mm. So when you think about silence in that way, you can start to reframe it and say, isn't it worthwhile spending time in what I currently find uncomfortable? That's where the learning happens. That's where the gold medals yeah. for the rest of us. 
Yeah, that's yeah. where mm. your own World Cup or Champions League. Mm. Sorry, Spurs fans. <laughs> that's where it lies. Well, <laughs> I know, no, me too. Spurs no, really? we are too. I know. So, Amazing. Exactly. So, that, so that's, that's already, I mean, that's a solution. That's a, um, that's a problem. So self-doubt and imposter syndrome yeah. you feel from the ages of eight years old yeah. all the way to 80. Yeah. And the way that... We're not immune. Yeah. But no, why does fear immune. stop us as humans? <laughs> well, there's a there's a fear response that we have. It doesn't need to stop us if we relearn the signal. So we have what we call the amygdala. I don't know how much mm-hmm. you know about contemporary neuroscience, but <laughs> for, for anyone... Who knows quite a lot, actually. Interesting so. <laughs> to listen. <laughs> I haven't got my 76 slide deck into deep <laughs> neuroscience, so, so let's make it really short. There's a tiny little uh, reptilian fear response in our ancient brain called the amygdala. And you can think about it like your panic button. And we... We certainly know that those suffering or diagnosed with PTSD, that is hypersensitive. It's like a little red button that will go off at anything. And when one, one human being feels deeply uncomfortable in an everyday setting, maybe you've just put your head on the pillow. You know, maybe you've been managing two or three jobs. You know, most people have different side hustles going on. And the only time of silence is before you go to sleep. Mm. Then the amygdala, you can really hear it, that threat detector response. Mm. But actually, if you know how to listen to that response and know the right evidence-based tool, maybe it's attention to breath or mindfulness. And I'd like to explore. I really, really, really want to debunk some myths around meditation and mindfulness, mm. particularly in the male mental health space. There's so much resistance that it feels like it's a kind of yoga brand, yeah. you know, sitting cross-legged. And I, th- I think I might just really quickly on that, because I think we all know, just let's let's go all out, there are a million problems with anxiety, with self-doubt, yeah, with imposter syndrome, with hypersensitivity, with hyper-stimulation. It, we haven't got to spend too much time in explaining what saber tooth tiger responses that we have in day-to-day situations. Yeah. You covered it about 14 times in the last three episodes. Good. So it's, I, we, we, I think, I'm hoping that our listeners are at a point now where they understand we are in a very hyper-simulated world. Good. So I'd love to go literally straight to the hacks. <laughs> Let's, well, uh, do you feel comfortable going straight? Because I mean, I, I, I go on. I just want to frame it in one way, and it was a conversation that we had. Thank you for picking me up from the station for this <laughs> podcast. And no you know, problem. we just we just had a, a a real chat, as this is what it is. There's yeah, nothing yeah. scripted about this yeah, chat, sure. as you can already sense. And it was, imagine or think for just one second if all of us had the same curious, insatiable appetite <laughs> that we have for the external stimuli yeah. <laughs> to listening and learning from what is already going on. Mm. That's the compelling reason for me for mindfulness, mindset, visualization, meditation, whatever whatever language helps you the best. Mm -hmm. And I find that language is an important point. I did a a talk yesterday um, to 70 kind of HRD senior leaders and they made an interesting point. This next generation of graduates that are coming into the workplace are asking us straight off the bat, what in the first interview, what is your mental wealth strategy? What's going on? How, what support is there for me in terms of mental health? Mm, I love that. It's challenging, but I love that. And you're right. Your listeners are already so well-educated in the stress response. Everybody knows exquisitely what their own anxiety looks and feels yeah. like. Mm. But no matter your, your label, your NHS diagnosis, I'm working with people bipolar on anxiety medication. It doesn't matter. Everybody has a right 
to learn their own roadmap forward to live a fuller life mm. <laughs> and to step out of autopilot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, so, yeah, I'm at the moment, I mean, we started doing this deep breathing stuff, which is working, but I'll go into that in a bit. But at the moment, I'm living, I'm like living so kind of in my computer, in my phone, very fast paced, and things are going really well, but I don't actually have, I'm not making any real time for myself other than that pool and I, I just feel like I'm not living I'm not, I don't feel like I'm living I'm just producing something that's growing and this is part of that it's like this is a great time for us to sit down and talk to each other but at mm. the moment I would say that like I'm just so work related I don't feel like I'm a, an athlete of any sorts I'm <laughs> just a guy that sits on a computer getting things done sits <laughs> on my phone getting things done but I don't know how to become more yeah like I, like I don't when, when I sit down and try and give my t- time for myself, I feel like um, that's a waste of time because I need to get things done at the moment. Ah, see, that's that's yeah. the paradox, <laughs> you know. And thank you for sharing that. I yeah, hear yeah. you. It's it's as much of a challenge for me as anyone. You know, I'm often introduced as the mind coach. Of course, that's that's my moniker. That's my my job. But mm-hmm. I'm just a human being, also needing to manage burnout, stress, energy output. But it comes back, if you like, to ancient martial arts. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's such a misnomer to think that spending 20 hours of your day <laughs> in doing mode <laughs> mm-hmm. and forgetting about the art of being mode, that silence and that listening in, I think that's really mm-hmm. important. Um, and so it's re- if you redefine being mode, so you already just said then, if I was working with you one-to-one, a key yeah, thing, yeah. that you don't quite have the understanding, oh, what am I doing? If I've got loads to do, why would I stop? Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you move energy into the stop point and start redefining it and go, ah, actually to, to do more better <laughs> mm-hmm. and to maintain, if I'm in doing mode and, and often... Um, when it comes to our own careers or or initiatives like yourself, you know, FC Not Alone, taking off, it's an explosive time. It's mm. not always the time to have 50-50 work-life balance. Mm. So what do you do in those scenarios? You've got to have a smart play strategy. You've got to think, okay, how can I energise my day just like the athlete, mm. you know, around us, just like the young premiership footballer. Okay, I need to be in flow state two or three times a day. So what are the strategies? And curating your own favourite stop, mindful pause, breath initiative mm-hmm. is so worthwhile. It gives you more time and it gives you clarity. That's the important point. So then once you start redefining the purpose of that stop, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so beneficial for me to leave that world of doing mode and curate my being mode. That mm. is curating peace of mind. That's a skill set that you can learn. That gives you a gold medal. Mm. Can I just dive onto that? What does yeah. that, because that sounds like a really nice term. What does that mean contextually in the moment? So, okay, right, Ian, I'm just going to be him typing away, blah, 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 and then suddenly I go, what's my stop? Yeah. And now what do I do? <laughs> so so consciously, there's this is the great space because actually you can curate your own favourite thing. You can listen to one of the 2000 meditation apps. <laughs> the only reason that I don't, and in fact, I'm not wearing any fitness technology mm. or, or meditation rings or anything like that. <laughs> and that's for a reason because the modern athlete and the future Olympians are curating your 
their own stop time away from technology. Because when you're about to send it, whether you're a big air snowboarder or whether you're about to line up for, you know, as a premiership footballer, mm. exactly, you are on your own. No, yeah. You haven't got your sports mm. psychologist, anyone, your mind catch anyone around you. It is your internal ability to manage your state. Performance is a byproduct of the state you are in in that That's really interesting. You know, you know David gear. Goggins? Yeah, guy, yeah, Because absolutely. he's constantly saying, I don't know why people run with music. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. The mind philosophy, I'm all about I just that. can't, yeah. like, I can't, I can't run. I, that's really ah. limiting. But running without music is like, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home. Straight I challenge, away. So I challenge that, you for the next podcast. But is that, yeah. so, is that, so that links to, obviously being conscious with because when you have music and stuff you're very conscious right so but does yeah. that mean that your unconscious mind is a lot more powerful than actually <laughs> when it comes to like absolutely your subconscious mind or, or your unconscious yeah, mind yeah. whatever terminology you like I don't really like the kind of mm. chimp analogy yeah, I have yeah, to course, say yeah. I like to just have your true self and then everything else is a weather report yeah, going on but actually you know the, the misnomer is that silence and sleep let's remember the simple fact that when we're sleeping it is not a passive state your brain your entire brain your subconscious is 30 percent more active it's like a light switch if i don't need the energy for my body <laughs> then of course that energy transference goes to all parts of my brain so even though i'm unconscious and sleeping because the body you know the, the moving around light switch is down that energy doesn't go anywhere it goes straight up to our brain mm. just that whole light switch element so I challenge you mm. I often run to music because I like listening to music and I have limited opportunities to do that and music is is you know can transcend your state and take you and ignite your imagination mm -hmm. I'm a big fan but often it's quite ni nice to disrupt what you already do mm -hmm. and say okay what happens I wonder where my own mind runs to and where it goes to when I turn off the input. That is why I spend two or three weeks a year in the mountains mm. as a novice skier. It's not to ski better. It's to be away from external stimulus, mm -hmm. be in a fresher, cleaner environment mm -hmm. and help me be more in front of fear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how, ma how many times are we in the day really, really confronted with deep fear? Most yeah. of us exist in the realm where mm. we're just... You know, in autopilot, as you say, in a good way, that's what our brains like to do, but yeah. we're just kind of cruising around. We might dive to the edge now and again if we're on a podcast, but we kind of come back in. And so it can be so nice to disrupt your internal patterns. And whether that means being radical in your world by saying, what happens to my day if every 90 minutes, going back to practical points, yeah. every 90 minutes I stop? And I might need to set a timer on my phone to do that initially. And it might be that just like a, an athlete, I say, okay, where are the opportunities for moving away from technology? Where everyone needs to move away from technology when they go to sleep. Well, you might fall asleep listening to a podcast, mm. but at some stage you tune out of that and into yourself and drop down or when you wake up. So if you want the hacks... Well, that was the hack. As, as you're standing <laughs> this way, exactly. So start priming. That's what lives for. No, yeah, I yeah. know, everyone life wants... Hacks. Hacks, everyone wants the quick hear, fixes. <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants quick fixes. So just like an athlete, mm. where are the rest and recovery strategies in your day? I would suggest that pre-sleep... Post-sleep, 
and in the middle of your day, however you want to choose it. Three opportunities to step out of autopilot and start finding out for yourself. Maybe you want to choose one of those as a meditation app because you might want to be guided. Another one, just spending three or five minutes attending to your own breath. Mm. The best dial down for anxiety, calming state that we have. Yeah, let's breath. go back. Breath. So paying, to paying attention to your own breath and breathing That's into it, your man. diaphragm. I did. I did hear. So um, just not on Wim Hof. We should, we should was, talk about the breathing that we've all been yeah, doing. So yeah. Ian, oh, yes, Ian please. I, so we. So Pooch and I went to a Wim Hof breathing thing. Cool. Ian, love we him. then came back and told Ian. He was like, "I get it. All right, fine. I'll give it a try." Ian then did it on his own at this pool. I didn't um, do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fine. Anyway, he has this pool, and, <laughs> and he did it. And, and Ian did it in a very different way. But essentially, the idea is that you breathe for. 30 breaths very mm. deeply and then mm-hmm. not fully out but fully in mm-hmm. for 30 fully rounds out. fully out fully in fully in um, <laughs> and then you stop on when you breathe out and you hold your breath pause pause pause, pause, pause for 90 Optimal seconds world. or 2 minutes exactly and then you go again you go again you have a quite a strange feeling and it goes a little bit um, yeah. like your brain feels your brain waves change well yeah you go like a kind of high same in meditation yeah, yeah. I did it a different way. So I did that way last time. I, the first time I did it, I did it on my own. It was just just really deep in and out for like as long as I could, maybe like 10 minutes. And then my thumbs like went in, my lips. It was so funny. It's really weird. My lips like, uh, I, I, I feel, remember that. That's I can't actually me. move. Yeah. I couldn't actually yeah. move. And then I can't speak either. It's really strange. Sleep state. That's a hypnotic state. Wow. That's my world. But I love <laughs> the fact that you, you all seem to, I'm getting the message that you might have had a different experience and might have done it a different way. And I like, I really want to say there's no right or wrong way. Mm-hmm. This is the curious, mindful, modern approach. Find out what happens. Oh, how does my breath feel when I do this? Mm. What you're doing is essentially changing state. Mm. If you know how to change your state at any given moment, it gives you resilience. It gives you freedom of choice. Yeah, he says you... you that's know, what it's all that's about. That's what he does, doesn't he? Mm. You, you, you change your state to an alkaline state Ding, but, well we don't even more simple than that okay because yeah. <laughs> he's he's got a great commercial thing going on and he's way cooler than I am but essentially exactly he's, he's got a better radio voice than <laughs> yeah. I am but essentially you know what is ultra resilient it is having the ability whatever the context maybe you're in combat like some frontline minds that I work with maybe you're a free climber or a free diver who's trained their breath to hold for the world record 11 minutes it's 26 seconds no yeah wow because they've paid conscious attention to breath training that is available for us all Mm, yeah most people don't like existing into the space if you hold your breath where it feels deeply uncomfortable sometimes like when we sit in silence or meditation for the first time and we stop because we go oh i don't like this feeling Mm. this signal i'm not going to hang out there And that is the difference with, I dare you to have a bit more courage to just stay with the uncomfortable. And that is what I love about meditation and That's mindfulness. Because really I, I, just, I just want to stay on that really quickly because yes. we spoke, uh, we speak a lot about meditation. I think people immediately go, oh, fuck that. I've, yes. And they're worried about, <laughs> do you know why they're worried? And I know why they're worried because I think everybody is this. When you meditate, everyone worries about getting to a place of zen. Everyone worries about no. getting to a place of complete stillness. Sometimes you have to go through 20 minutes of mind thought. Sometimes you've got to go Good. through two hours of mind thought if you can wait, you know, wait that yes. long. But the main thing is that you are just taking time to process your thoughts because actually a form of meditation is processing your thoughts. And if you are, 
That's what your brain needs to do. That's already exactly like like, like a server. We mm. we, had, we had that initial chat. You know, when I go to a Premiership football club and a youth academy, for yeah. example, a difficult audience. Very difficult. <laughs> when you're when yeah, you're forty, because they don't they don't necessarily care about the organisations and the logos that you've worked with. They're like, well, what. Why would I pay attention to you? Of course, yeah. And I think it's important to define attention, as most advertisers would know. The average person now, it's been eroded by the you know incredible, wow, what can we see all the time, the scrolling, the clicking along, to six seconds. Yeah. Mm. So when you know that as a speaker, <laughs> that becomes very framing in your mind. So oh, I always say, how do you want to manage a panic attack? How are you going to do that? Does anyone have any answers? Tell me now. So it's always about what, why am I going to meditate and what is it going to do for me? Perhaps I'm suffering with anxiety at the moment. Perhaps I'm about to do something I'm a little unsure of. Perhaps I'm in a, a place of change. When you bring it down to what is my why, then you do it. And then you find your own way. There is no right or wrong way when it comes to meditation. And let's get away from this bollocks of it's clearing your mind. It's actually just having a good hard look at the speed of your mind. Sometimes it might feel a bit chaotic. And for me, yesterday, I've had quite a big few months in terms of work output, a moving house, all the big regular Mm. things of a a, a standard modern life. But that's okay. But what it meant is when I went to go and lie down at 9.45 last night, so I was like, okay, I need to get up and I pay good attention to my sleep. My heart was racing a bit and I could feel myself tired, but definitely wired. But the difference is, is that I'm so attuned to my signals on purpose through meditation and pause throughout the day that I don't panic. Well, actually, that's probably right because you've got about four things on tomorrow Mm. and you've been doing a lot you've been in doing mode more (laughs) the weekend is a chance to step back into being mode and a bit more balance it can't come today so that's okay so what's the best thing to just accept and be kind and go i hear you you know that whatever you want to call it subconscious unconscious your own best technology how do you best defrag just like your own Apple what, Mac technology. What, what do you think about so on the weekend, like partying for a, a D? What did you say? Defrag. Defrag. I did it. I did it well. Because a lot of people would say like live for the weekend, end up defragging, and then and then come Monday morning, they're in well, a terrible, places. yeah, deflated, well, terrible state of mind. Because the issue with that is, and and I've been there and I've done it, and I actually went to Ibiza for the very first wow. time last year. Absolutely, DC ten, DC ten in Ushuaia for the first for the great David TS five. Absolutely, but look, you know, let's look at the quality of the defrag. It's a defrag because it's an escape of the mind. What it does is short your sleep partying and you're you know you're not hydrating enough so you can make that choice life is all about choices but when we think about the optimum defrag maybe you want the weekends to just be an escape for the mind there is no no judgment in that space do what you want but if you're doing that think about how you can optimize monday tuesday wednesday maybe live a little bit more like an athlete double hydrate (laughs) eat Eat on point like you want. That's that's a much more sustainable way forward, free from shame and judgment. Wow, and I think it was my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you what I love it. You actually love it. so much. I'm all about choice. Can't we just define our own 
roadmap in life. Yeah. That oh, is the way to no, peace of that. mind. Natalie. It's not about should do's, it's about defining my way He's forward. Going for a pint do, you know no, no, do you know what? Let's go for a pint after this. No, <laughs> I do drink alcohol. Brilliant. As, as a sleep therapist. You're the first guest we've had on the does. I do drink. <laughs> um, no, look, I'll, I'll make a point here because I feel wonderful. It's Wednesday or Thursday. Is it Thursday? I've also wonderful. I'm Thursday, drunk. Thursday. Um, no, okay, so I had a really big weekend on uh, that I just had. I was, in fact, I was on a date on Thursday. I know. I said I was on a date. I went on a date. Friday went out for my friend's birthday. Saturday went to a festival. Sunday went to another festival. Good. Um, and <laughs> you know, she's like, right. No, but, okay, I, I wouldn't normally be happiness. four days. It it's was. Living. But do you know what? The first time ever, I woke up on the Monday, okay, a bit tired, but I didn't have that feeling of judgment or uh, angst at myself because. Good. I think I'm in a place of acceptance that that is actually what I really enjoy doing. Okay, I've had to really balance it out this week and do a lot of exercise, drink lots of water, eat very well. But I feel good and there's a balance here. There's harmony. So it's understanding there's always a cause and effect. So if I want to be in more doing mode, as you say, whether that's partying, whatever my vice is, escapism for the moment, maybe managing my own mental health by spending a bit more time doing the unhealthy options that give us a different kind of pleasure. That's fine, but remember, you have choice (laughs) so to exist in that space it's much more freeing when you remove judgment and shame all the I should be doing this oh my god I haven't worked out I haven't slept for eight hours Mm. okay instead of looking at the past a ruminating mindset which is the quickest road set road mind to anxiety and depression those kind of mind modes of shame and stigma and rehashing reanalyzing what's already been saying okay I have a clean 24 hours in front of me what can I do now that's appropriate for the context maybe I've got to be at work maybe I've got to give a presentation at five o'clock So how can I use my lunch break much more optimally? Instead of scrolling or finding out about Love Island. You know, so some low-level input that isn't really necessarily going to change my life. Maybe I can do a breath technique that I might have thought not so relevant, but that might definitely help me right now deregulate my state, be a bit more optimistic, and remember I have choice. That's a really positive mental wealth secret forward to say, okay, instead of judging what I've done, what can I do now? And even if you're suffering from anxiety and depression, actually, and as you say, any of the the myriad of, of labels and complexities of disorders, everybody still has time on their hands Mm. so no matter where I am what is the best thing that I can do right now maybe it's just getting outside maybe picking up the phone maybe hanging out in bed and just being a bit kinder to myself managing that sketchy state isn't the most commonly used (laughs) phrase though is oh I don't have time yeah massively I don't have time but meditation or your own chosen mindset gifts you time because mm. it gives you more choice. Mm. So just, temp- as I said to you at the very beginning and we, ha- and we had that chat in the car, just imagine or think, whoever is listening right now, curious minds, how much time the average person spends 220 times looking at their phone every single day. Imagine if you checked in with yourself 220 times each day, even for 10 seconds. Mm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a case and flip this on its head because yes, I think please. we're all hyper-aware. <laughs> right, I'm not going to use my friend because I always use this friend, but I've got a few adverse friends to this alternative therapies. Yeah, um, it's you, not alternative well, anymore. Well, okay, sorry, not alternative, fine. They but, might think it is. We need to change that. Now. All right, well, let's go with my mum. Okay, right? cool. So let's go with that. Love Because that. I know that mum, if she, she would never feel depressed. In fact, her way out of feeling depressed is to go on eBay and she says that's my thing. But if, if she... Uh, I'm trying to explain because one of us, uh, someone that we know quite 
closely is depressed. How can I explain to someone like my mum, who literally has no time to herself, um, that it is really important to make time for yourself, and that's probably why that she occasionally feels really stressed as well. Because she, like, like Junior just said, Pooch just said, I have no time. How do you convince someone that does have time that they do have time for this kind of stuff? That's such a good question. <laughs> I love the mum analogy Thank you. too. Hey, my mum is definitely not listening to this as well. <laughs> but, but she is finding a way to manage the, the feelings of perhaps needing to do something else. As you said, eBay shopping. So there is a signal there that maybe needs attending to in any person, but it's just about the outlet that you have. It's redefining what, very simply, what do I want? less of and what do I want a bit more of? It's so hard to sometimes explain depression to somebody that's never felt that Mm. because it's just a language, it's just a word. But actually when you start unpacking the feeling of depression, then more and more people can relate to it and say, oh, yes, yeah, I do have that feeling. I just go shopping, (laughs) as you say. But the brilliant thing is, is that now times are changing and I'm 40, as I said, my most dark dog days were when I was 11 to 14 or, you know, t- teenage times. It was the most difficult times, I guess, with the most pressure somehow getting through some kind of GCSEs and, and surviving and choosing to not be a victim, but mm. to say, I'm going to survive this somehow, some way, not necessarily the easy roadway. But it's fascinating language when it comes back to people. What does depression really mean to you? But I will say this. Professor Edward Bulmer, our most eminent psychologist. Oh, the inflamed mind. Absolutely, the inflamed mind has said, and I think this is quite a wake-up call to us all, the, the global disability by, by 2025 will be depression. No household will be you know, Free. disaffected from it. Yeah. So right. whether it's not within your immediate family, maybe your your grandma, your aunt, mm-hmm. nobody is immune to it, depression. And mm. even if you haven't experienced it yet, and even if you feel in good mental health yet, this is why it's worth waking up to the full spectrum of mental health to say, actually, stress is the biggest risk factor when it comes to depression. I think it's important to say that. It's the same for elite athletes, same yeah. for me as a professional mind coach. I'm not immune to stress, anxiety and depression yeah. and, and the whole host of, you know, it's my job to just be more aware of my signals. Am I feeling burnout? Am I feeling a bit overwhelmed? How am I precisely managing my mental health? When you take a bit more responsibility, you have much more freedom. Of is it, just to so stay on depression too long, is it your choice if your friend who doesn't listen to podcasts, who doesn't, isn't aware to this stuff, and in fact, if they hear about it, they don't want to hear it at all and they'll shut it off. Whose job is it now to keep, and how would you approach to make that person aware that they might be going through this thing? Because not everyone is... In, is all you can do is hold the space. And that's that's my job in away from being a therapy. You know, let's be really clear, mom therapy isn't about fixing, it's about understanding and guiding someone else on their own journey intuitively. It's not fixing mode. And I think quite rightly, particularly particularly this next generation, we're so used to having those quick fixes. You know, how do I feel it? Hacks, optimizing. Look, you were pushing me on going, what's the short hearts? You know, that's absolutely (laughs) fine. There's a a desire (laughs) for that. I know know you are. (laughs) I need to do a a crib sheet afterwards. But but, crib sheet on sleep. We'll come on to that. Absolutely. But, But, you know, let's reframe the choice that we have every day. It's important to kind of set the scene to say we have more time than we realise mm. and we do have opportunities. We can curate the kind of 
external input that we consume so voraciously, what happens if we just match to that? Yeah. Exactly the same time with some internal input and maybe just making friends with our own mind, no matter how wavy, how choppy, how crazy weather system it may be, whatever metaphor sits right for you. What happens if we just simply pause mm. and get into recovery mode just like an athlete? Athletes are so scripted out because they have a gold medal in mind. Actually, the gold medal to prevent anxiety and depression yeah. and much, you know, much deeper complex mental health challenges that no one is immune to is finding your own recovery strategy. Whether that means listening to a friend or just, you know, just don't give up mm. in that space. It's not about trying to fix it for a loved one. It's just holding the space, having a deep understanding and listening and always being available, always having a much broader perspective yeah. from someone else's mouth. You talk about recovery there. I know, obviously, when it comes to performance, I know a lot of people sort of don't think about it, but... Recovery is actually one of the most uh, important phases of actually Correct. peak performance. So I felt when I slept more, I had more time to, to rest my legs or I enjoyed my, my me time, I actually performed a lot better. Whereas when I was doing and doing and doing and going to the gym twice a day and trying to stretch every 20 minutes to make my body better, I felt shit. <laughs> well, a couple of key points there, just picking yeah. up on your language. You were talking about trying. Yeah. When I was trying to do this, I didn't feel so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and rest and recovery, the, the language that you used was very much body, but what people forget is that having more sleep, rest and recovery during the day, whether it's you know every 90 minutes, just having a one-minute breath exercise, gives you cognitive function too, sharpens your mindset, sharpens your response, crucial as a mm. premiership footballer to, you know, absolutely to, to second guess, be so intuitive with your response. And that's available. We think about rest, sleep and recovery as just, oh, it gives my body more energy. You know, if you're an athlete, you do know that actually your injuries can recover much quicker. Mm -hmm. But actually, it can give us much sharper mental health capabilities sure. and a bit more resilience too. So sleep is so underrated. It's the best health insurance freely available option for us all. We know there's a lot of, when we, all these podcasts that come hmm. out and these successful people are doing my little things. Sleeper people that are broke. Sleep, sleeper, <laughs> they say sleeper people, people that are broke. That's <laughs> one, of the, the cousin of one of the terms or, you know, people, <laughs> you know, if you sleep, then you run out of time to be successful. And like, it's I rubbish. think it's so entailed into people's minds no. in this modern day society that we need to be on constant work mode to be successful. That's the Western... And it's everywhere. That's Western life. Yeah. And it's changing in Western medicine now. We're looking to the East. As I said, psychiatry, Professor Edward Bulmar has clearly stated we have got psychiatry wrong in the last 30 years. There is no mind and body disconnection. Depression is actually we're starting to look towards the body for inflammation. Or how do we get inflamed stress management and the lifestyle choices that we make? So if you want to protect your mental health, lifestyle choices... Come into play. Can I, I don't know if it's interesting on this, but I wanted to ask about the gut and the link mm, to depression. The gut brain. Because yes. there was a, a previous guest who mentioned that, that that is the next kind of wave of research yeah. to come out and publicly available that our mm. gut is our second brain and that's what's heavily linked to depression. What's your. Correct. Yeah, Thank how you. does that work? Well, it's a really, well, we're actually just un uncovering that. And in the NHS, I can already experience that there's a real jar between psychiatry and gastroenterology. I know this because my eight-year-old daughter suffers from IBS. 
but already has quite complex emotions. I can already see that and has the full spectrum of, of being ultra happy but then feeling sad and not able to compute that. It's fascinating to me. So for me, I've been on a personal mission to the NHS to say, you, I, I don't, I'm not accepting IBS. so what is that well hang on now I know what I know if night remember this and you'll know this you guys are ready but if any of the audience doesn't 90% of your serotonin your happiness chemical isn't from the brain it is originated in the rainforest as a metaphor of your gut Hmm. so hang on a minute if I've got inflammation and I've got IBS the epicenter of happiness Now I know that I'm not accepting a diagnosis general from my eight-year-old daughter. So then she's more susceptible to mental health issues. And that's where anxiety, and I can already see mood swings. It's a fascinating area. The only line of of intervention that I have available to me as a loving, caring, fairly knowledgeable parent is, you know, probiotics. I'm not going to mention any, promote any brands because I'm exploring, but it then comes back to what I used to think was bollocks 10, 15 years ago, or maybe just because it suited my lifestyle Mm. choices. You are what you eat. Oh, really? I can eat poor choices and I'm fine. Mm. I feel good energy, you know. (laughs) And actually, it's more exquisitely... You know, we, we, we can't even explain it. Actually, what we eat and how we digest it and process it directly impacts our mental health. Probiotics, because when you have antibiotics, you are known to be quite sad, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ab- so. absolutely. And you must address now, and they often say to you, if you're on long-term antibiotics, mm. you must, you know, balance yin and yang comes back to yeah. you. So actually, it becomes a bit more impactful mm. about your lifestyle choices seven days a week. That's not to say we can't have a bit of an 80-20 rule as well because the tonic that being social and being out there and displaying a different side of our personality, mm. we've, we've got to live. It's about mm. living more fully and not not many people want to live like an athlete. No, <laughs> no of course. And so it's just having choice. But understanding, actually, if I'm feeling a bit more anxious or if I notice that my mental health or my mental health diagnosis and challenge or whatever I'm managing at the moment feels a bit more challenging, maybe I can step up better nutrition. So then it gives you choice as well. It's always about being on the front foot and not feeling that it's overwhelming that I've got to stay in my state and in this zone and Mm. I'm lack of control. I think the 80-20 thing you said there is so important because I went through a phase of being alkaline for like but I lived abroad and I didn't have the social pressure from my friends saying let's go for a pine let's get a takeaway I was just by myself and it was so easy but as soon as I moved home it completely went out the window and it is it's so hard but like you said when you have people like I think 80-20 is so important do you think you like just on this point Pooch do you think you were 100% happier when you were an alkaline diet my body felt Amazing. But do you, I gen- did you, like, you know, when we, went for the col- we went for the clonic, we, me and Ollie went for the like, clonic. Let's not go into that story. And he, <laughs> his, my, oh, if you could God. see my face then, I was like... <laughs> you, should have, you should have what happened to Ollie. Let's, oh, let's just say... Some sound effects, audio flow. Okay, right, I'm going to cover this really oh quickly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cover this really quickly. I didn't know, and the lady put the thing in my butt. And I'm again, I'm not really into anal myself. Right? Okay. Essentially or clinically, I'm not into anal. Um, and, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, brilliant. Fit that out. Match made in heaven. So, <laughs> no I, judgment, though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I had the thing went in. It all went very well. It didn't. I, nothing was coming out. And I was like, oh, clearly I'm very clean. Um, <laughs> yeah. Despite what Pooch has been telling me. And then she was like, well, you've got to, you've got to feel like you're going. And I was like, what? Well, I should let go. And she was like, exactly, like you're doing a poo. And I was like, 
Jesus, I've not been doing that. She said, no, okay, right. So I'll fill you up more with the water. And when I signal, then I'll release it. So then you've got to let everything go. And I was like, brilliant. So she filled me up, right? And I and I, I filled myself up with this like with this liquid. And I got fuller and fuller and fuller. And I was like, right, okay, this, this colon therapy is going very well. She then releases the, uh, the, the button and I let go like she told me to. And it went fucking everywhere. <laughs> and... She left me there like a like an old man that couldn't <laughs> wipe himself, and she was like, um, "I'll leave one, one second, uh, Vivian. Yeah, it's it's brutal. <laughs> it's, it's a major it's a major crash. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna come outside. Got left there, covered in my own shit. What I will go <laughs> for that story though is that after my colonics, I'd, I've done a few. My gut feels so clean, and my mind feels so fresh. I like I when you talk up. about the feeling, yeah. Yeah, that mm. lightness and that reset oh, yeah. button. Almost. Enlightened, ashamed. <laughs> yeah, in your own but fingers. actually, can I, can I just say, this brings me beautifully back to meditation. Oh. And actually a very wise person told me this. Natalie, meditation is like composting your daily shit. <laughs> and I love that. And that was a wise, profound meditation teacher in her 60s. Wow. And actually, exactly, how much do we hold in? Going back to the colonic, and we we don't want to release. And then look at the feeling and the different experience and the shifting in state when you release and you let go. And someone said it's okay to let go. Yeah, yeah exactly. So actually, yeah. <laughs> let that be yeah. the strap line for this podcast. Meditation is composting your daily shit. Because we are holding... <laughs> Sponsored by Yakko. Absolutely. <laughs> well, maybe, yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, love I don't want to talk about brands, but, you know, find your yeah. own way. Um, but actually, just being a bit more curious and a bit more knowledgeable about what you eat or what you're holding in emotionally makes a massive difference. You can see that in your physicality yeah. with the colonic metaphor yeah. and the reality. Imagine if we thought that about our brain. Too. I love that. Yeah. One thing true. I really want to cover today is um, mental imagery. Oh, yes. Um, cool. Thank where does that come from? Was that a knob? Yeah. Well, no. We had a knob also. What was mental imagery? Well, visualization Ooh. and yeah. using that to, to really Absolutely. be what you want to be. Rehearse. Rehearse. So rehearse success in your mind. <laughs> your mind believes what it can see, but it doesn't actually know the difference between reality mm. and what you construct. So you can your train dreams. your mind, so if That's you visualize, you can train your mind to be something that you want. And but, will, but we all have an imagination. Sure. And often if you're in a, a poor mental state, you're so close to that, but it's not working with you. It's working against you. So you'll be spending a lot of the time in catastrophizing. What if? Oh, no, I can't do that. This will happen if I do that. I always, oh, I can't do a, a speech because I'll always go like this. Or like some of the Olympic athletes that I work with, as I said to you at the very beginning, in their context, when I said, oh, great, can we do a, a, a podcast or a, um, you know, a YouTube about meditation? Oh, no, I couldn't. I get clummy hands. What? You can do big air. You can, yeah. you can do acrobatic gymnastics on a snowboard mm. where, the, where actually if you don't get it right and you don't send it and you're not in the right state, you might be paralysed. You know, it's going to really hurt and be serious injury to your body and yet actually what most of us have to deal with day to day, doing podcasts mm. or talking to people, networking, hustling, stepping up in your job. No, oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's sweaty hands. So it's fascinating what mental constructs in our brain we have in our imagination. But that gives us choice. So, okay, maybe my imagination's working against me. What happens if at night I decide to be my own cinema director, my own movie director? I'm going to say, no, I'm going to visualize myself doing this. And that's what 
visualization hypnotherapy is spending more time in the space of success in your mind first before you do it so that it loads into your autopilot so that it becomes subconscious I've got to be aware on this and actually I promised a few people that um, we would give them a life hack around sleep Oh so I know we've only got like four and a half minutes um, so I really wanted to dive really quickly into that if we could Ian have you got anything else no just going to apologise to listeners because of our logistics has let us down again today and we had someone really interesting on it it may well be that we had to bring Natalie back Hopefully she'll come back. Um, if, yes. if, you, if you come back <laughs> you to our wonderful, me. calm Absolutely. studio. I, th- I think I'd like to challenge you to doing some meditation or, or doing some techniques that you don't already do. Okay. Stepping outside your comfort zone and then maybe reporting back. Yes. Real life to, to share your experiences and, and do a 100%. bit of an inquiry. I think that would be quite interesting. Why don't we do Should that as a follow-up? If you're up for doing that, yeah, then, absolutely. why don't we... That would be really we'll go cool. go away and do a meditation and then we'll come back and be like, this is what I was feeling, this yeah. is what I was thinking. Real life, like good, bad, how difficult it was, how it might have moved your state. So nice to get real life case studies of people. So I'd be really up okay. for that. What's the challenge? Should we set the challenge well, uh, now? Okay, let's uh, set the challenge. Uh, well, I'd like to do three different ones for you. So maybe yes. we could take it okay, offline, yeah, but then we'll do a follow-up with clearly defined so that people can follow. But let's leave the, the listeners curious. Whoa. <laughs> I like it. I love okay, fine. Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining Should we do question time? I have um, a few questions. Have you got a question? Okay, oh, I do. do you have sleep questions? I do have sleep questions. Well, that was, that, that was the... Do you know what? The biggest question all of our listeners wants um. to know um, <laughs> is how do I get to sleep when I have my brain rattling around and I just want to be and I look at my phone it's one o'clock okay six hours that's not too bad oh my god it's two o'clock five hours yeah, not too bad. everyone has the thing where they count down okay is three hours acceptable to go to work I'm probably not two hours what? and then you haven't slept sick day sick day and then yeah. you don't sleep so what do you do to avoid the ongoing monkey in your mind saying internal chatter I don't like exactly. monkeys because yeah. it's really Sorry. just you no no that's alright there's a whole heap of books as my sister doesn't know about chimp chimp par- some yeah. chimp paradoxes and things <laughs> it's really helpful for some people but let's just strip it back down yes. to we are just ourselves you know yeah, you you are yourself we don't need to use animal metaphors as such um but yeah it's it's one of the main problems but actually the answer and the secret and the hack as you like lies within your day getting a good night's sleep actually the key to that is the daytime it starts the moment you wake up how can you effectively manage your state? So can you stay in a more down-regulated state? So how much pause is there in your day? Don't expect, if there's no pause in your day and you're in up-regulation, just like a Formula One race, if there's no pit-stop strategy, you're not going to win the race. So then all of a sudden, don't do a handbrake turn at the corner and expect to fall asleep. Mm. So actually, if you're struggling with that, oh my goodness, I'm full tilt and then I'm, I really can't switch off whatever narrative you put around it, look towards the next day and say, what happens when I lower the tempo? Use my lunch breaks, the little micro moments of reset that are available to me and spend more time in that pause zone because actually when you spend more time in the pause zone where you listen to your internal chatter, you can then say, I hear you and you feel a bit chaotic. I'm going to switch to the visualization that we spoke about. I'm going to imagine that it matters less whether I fall asleep because as long as I'm in a calm state, I'm resting and restoring it. And adrenaline and all of the, the chemicals are switched off and my body is resting and my mind will eventually follow suit. So it's stopping the striving, the handbrake turn that we want, mm. wrenching <laughs> it up and having a bit more 
slow step, a bit more respect, like a wave to go, okay, if I've been up all day, no wonder it's more difficult to down-regulate now. Your voice is so... It is very calming. But of course, I'm a hypnotherapist. It's what I do. So, so, so on that, that, you can be really calm and I guess just... Listen to your It's Kamarama <laughs> technique, oh, of course. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> but, you know, finding your own way. I'm not saying listen to my voice. I'm not promoting any meditation apps. Yeah. The best way is to find your own favorite breathing technique, whether it's box breathing, Wim Hof method. I'm going to set you to task on some different ones, as Ooh. I said, and curiously report back. We're going to get hard But it's nice to switch it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to switch it up. And it's also nice to know this one simple fact. The human body is designed to survive. Even when you think it's working against you and even when you think that internal chatter is trying to torture you and mess you up or make you feel sketchy, we are designed to survive. We can actually, like most new mums will tell you, exist for a couple of months on two hours sleep, two hours off. Two hours sleep, two hours off. So even though when we hop back, going back to mental rehearsal, going, oh, I only feel good on eight hours. <laughs> that's, that's a misnomer. That's like having a, a dodgy post-it note. Then, yeah. yeah, so then, oh, well, what happens if I say, well, whatever sleep is freely available to me now, even if it's only an hour, I know I'll be all right. I've always got lunchtime to optimize. Looking forward, looking forward, curious observer, stepping out in front, being courageous with your mental health. Yeah, wow. Well, I definitely want to courageous with your mental that's health. That's the himself. human athlete, okay? That. It is the human athlete. It's just being a bit more courageous and spending a bit more time in the zones that make us feel uncomfortable. Boom. Amazing. Well, wow, thank, thank you so you. much. You're going to get your, your pit stop. We definitely uh, yeah. Pit stops. Well, I'm going to gift you a pit stop strategy afterwards. So okay, we'll fine. Very, and we'll report okay. back. Maybe a good time to report back on the sleep is obviously when the clock's change, maybe Ooh. autumn time. So uh, maybe we could schedule okay. that. We'll schedule that. A bit yeah, of we'll a post-summer on. reset for my Interesting. Time. Last thing. 21 euros. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have a room. Really quick fire question. Oh, you can take as long as you want 21? to think about it. <laughs> you have a, oh, 21 euros. What do I do with them? <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a room full of 21-year-old men and women, yep. boys and girls, uh, and you have a loud megaphone, uh, and you've got one briefing, which is, say whatever you want to them. <laughs> what would you say to this wonderful group of people? Uh, <laughs> well, I think I just said it. The human body is designed to survive. Never forget that. <laughs> Applicable for all of us. <laughs> there you go. Lovely. Wow. Love it. Well, I love thank that. you so much for coming so trust. on. That comes back to trust. That's amazing. Thank, thank, you, thank you so thank much. You very thank you very much. For today. I learned a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And very, I, me as well. All three of us. Thank you. No worries. My pleasure. And as you can already tell, a lot more with this came from and I'd love to hear your experiences too so maybe look forward to an autumn reset and uh, schedule number two for us where do our listeners find you again yeah so the only social media on purpose that I consciously curate is Instagram so Kamarama C-A-L-M-E-R Rama, R-A-M-A. And that originated from my schools and universities workshops. So I've been working with year 10, 11, sixth forms, the next generation for the past eight years because everyone deserves to have better self-esteem and trust in their mind and body, no matter what. Nice, we'll find that. Awesome, we'll tag you in this. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.